Hey, this is Rocky Mountain Cold Cases. I'm Rachel and that's Adam. I'm Adam and that's Rachel. Um, we're technically recording this on New Year's Day, 2023. Yeah, we are. Did you make any New Year's resolutions this year? Make more money. Money, money, money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to cue in some music right there with that. So. <laughs> All right. Make more money. Yeah. That's, I think, most people's goal. Is it? I would imagine. Okay. Why wouldn't it be? Um, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a fun fact for you today. All right. What is it? You know the Easter Island heads? Yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah. They're the ones that are like in a weird shape and there's a big mystery behind them kind of somewhat. They're granite. They're not granite. They're made out of volcanic rock. Oh. Their island they're on was a volcano that is now extinct. Hmm. <gasps> Not like that volcano from that um, Netflix series I watched. Oh, yeah. That was good. Um, so, did you know that they're not just heads? Okay, well, anyways, they have a body, um, but, like, over the many, 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 many years, they've kind of, like, eroded. Not eroded. Been covered up with everything. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So they are actually 13 feet high and weigh 10 metric tons. And I thought they were taller than 13 feet. Well, I looked on um, ABC News article and on National Geographic, and that's what they're claiming. Hmm. Yeah. So, and they're also, their native name for them is called Moai. Yeah. Um, do you know how many are on the island? No. 13. 13? No, I don't know. There are approximately 1,043. <laughs> wow. That's a lot, huh? That's, w- that's way more than I thought. That's a lot. That's a lot. <coughs> um, what's actually funny is I thought that the, <coughs> the, the fact that they have bodies was kind of newish knowledge. It's not. No? No. They've known since about 1914. Wow. Yeah, they started like looking at them more and excavating them more in like 1914. And we're like, wow, there's actually more to these. So hmm. they've known. We just didn't. Yeah. War didn't spread well. Hmm. And they found out that there's actually like um, petroglyphs on the back. And they're trying to figure out what those might mean too. But yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Do we need to pause while we figure out microphones? No. Are you sure? Yeah. You keep bumping the table and it makes this thing go. Bumping the table when? Anyway. When? When you go like this. I tried to stop doing that. It's just oh. everything's uncomfortable today. Well, okay. You're good. I just want to figure it out. Yeah, me too. So it's comfortable. <laughs> what? It's like, it's funny because it's in my peripherals and I can see the arm on yeah. the mic. Yeah. And then it'll like and i don't re- i didn't really notice it but i'm like why is it shaking and i was like oh and then it like anyway it's all good you have to like be a statue to do this no, you, don't. you have to be an easter island statue because if you move too much then your voice goes in and out and then adam gets annoyed we just got to get her a new microphone no okay well that's the fun fact you ready yeah okay so Okay, so we're going to learn about 911. 9-1-1. 9-1-1. The history of it. It's birth. It's christening. Okay. Okay. 
So um, do you know how you had to get help before 911? No. Yeah, me either. I had to Google it. Yeah, I mean, self-help. <laughs> well, I just, I had to Google it. So, Self-aid, that's the thing. Um, before 911 was created, if you needed emergency help from police, you either had to dial, dial your local police department's phone number. Yeah. Like the whole phone number. Or press zero and ask the operator to connect you. Remember back when they were like, how oh, the operators and they yeah. plugged you into different things. Um, if you needed help for a fire... Same process, but you're going to call the fire department or tell the operator, girl, I need the fire department. Wow. So you had to remember the number. Oh, yeah. So like the number they used to like make, like, you know, your, your old style phones. Mm-hmm. And so you could, there was a space on the phone to like write down that number. So you didn't have to go flip through oh, the phone yeah, book. yeah. So you could like run to the phone and be like, there's a number for the police. Do, 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 do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I guess it was on do, 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 do. It was more like, <laughs> no i i mean we had one that was like a push dial button but yeah you, but that was after rotary but it still had a little a little yeah. tab yeah them. a lot of the old ones did so um while i was researching this it was an off-white color phone kind of like a yellowy yeah yeah so sorry something had the big cord that people now use for hair ties yeah um anyways <laughs> while i was um researching this i was marco poloing my mom because i was like wow mom this is like almost your era of time. <laughs> yeah. And so she told me some things that wasn't in my research initially. So I did like a sad Google. Yeah. Um, so way back when, when you had like an operator for your phone, there was this thing called a party line. Yeah. Do you know what that is? I've heard of it. Like, like my brain was like, like a conference call, but that's, I've heard, I've heard the term, I think, but it's not like a conference call. You know, when you're like, hold on, let me get Jenny on the line too. And we'll do like a three way call. No, not that, not that. Um, okay. I don't know. So the, the way it was set up is so that people didn't have originally their own phone number. Yeah. So basically, you know, like, okay, back when you had your phone, your push phone and your little, your little set and everything. And if mom was on the phone talking to, to aunt Carol, you would get on and you'd be like, oh, mom's on the phone without Carol. And you could hear their conversation. Yeah. It was like that, but with your neighbors. Oh, actually, I think I, I think my mom told me that. Like, it, I think I remember my mom kind of sharing some stories like, yeah, it's your mom's era too. Yeah. So you'd pick up the phone to call aunt Carol and there's Jenny down the street talking to Betty about someone's affair, you know? Yeah. And so you couldn't make a call until they hung up. Yeah. And so it was called a party line. Um, and I would totally be one of those people that would eavesdrop on it and be like with my popcorn being like, I'm hearing all the gossip of the town right now. Yeah. Um, did you ever growing up? Did you, I mean, you could have that happen in your own house. Like if you had a phone upstairs, that's what I just said to you. You did? Yeah, I said, remember when you were like, oh, I want to call my friend, but mom's on the phone talking to Aunt Carol, so you can't talk to your friend because she's already on the phone and you can hear their conversation. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But I didn't know it was like that in a town. Yeah, that's what the party line is. Sometimes I don't think you're listening to me at all. I am. <laughs> I am. Um, so, anyway, so you could hear your neighbor's conversations, and one... Um, article I read about it was saying that some towns would have as many as 16 houses connected to one party line. Whoa. 
That'd be everyone on the street. Yeah. And so that it was like, you, there were like etiquette rules. Like you would try not to spend more than like 15 minutes on the phone so that other people could use it. Yeah. But all I could think was like 13 year old girl talking to her bestie about the boy she has a crush on all freaking day. Yeah. <laughs> so I could see that. Um, oh, she'd be grounded. Yeah. I could see some people getting really mad at their neighbors. Like they are always on the phone. Yeah. So, um, so I was talking to my mom about it and she was like, she's like, I barely remember them because by the time she got older to like use the phone, she, they finally got a private number mm-hmm. and the private numbers were originally only four digits long. Really? Yeah. So, wow. and then she said that like, so my it's mom, no wonder people can remember them back then. <laughs> right. Like. Yeah. So her first, and she's she doesn't remember her first phone number, but she was like, it was like four digits long with the first phone numbers that came out for private lines. Um, and then she said that she didn't even have to deal with area codes until she moved to Salt Lake City. And that's when she was introduced to area codes. Really? So mm-hmm. when I, growing up for me, I only had to remember seven digit numbers. I That's what it was for me growing up. And then yeah. they split the area codes. So then there was two. Yeah. But originally there was only one. And now we're at a point where you need to know the area code and that seven digit number. Mm-hmm. And then maybe an extension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> pressed four for. Yeah. yeah. Upstairs. So then it was like, I was like, well, mom, when you were on these party lines and your shed is on fire and you go to pick up the phone and there's your freaking neighbor talking to Betty. Yeah. What, what, what do you do? You got, you can't get through to the operator to call 911. And she goes, no, you'd yell at them. And be like, I, there's a fire. You have to get off so I can call for help. And yeah. she's like people would. So I researched that a little bit more too. And if people refuse to get off to allow someone else to call for help, you could be charged with crimes. If you didn't get off the phone. If you didn't get off. You're like, well, screw you and you're in your shed and it's going to burn the ground. I got this conversation going. You could be charged with a crime. Oh, wow. So people generally got they, off. How do they prove that? I probably the uh, operator would be my guess. Oh. Would be able to be like, no, I connected that and they were on there forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, can the operator hear all these different conversations? Probably. Wow. So <laughs> the party lines were actually phased out for the most part around the 1980s. And from my research, the last party line was shut down in 2001. There are very technically still some party lines in rural areas, like um, a collection of like legit cabins mm. will be on a party line. But I... Like the family's cabin up in... Yeah, so you would have like five cabins that were on a party line. And I have a hard time considering that as a true party line because it it, it really doesn't work quite the same way. But yeah. yeah. So party lines were originally there and you'd have to yell at people to say, no, I need to call the police or dial or talk to the operator to get me help because there was no 911. Mm. So um, the idea of having a universal number was kind of tossed around here and there but it wasn't it didn't really gather speed until this case of kitty genovese happened um so this case is considered something that really 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 pushed for this um so kitty was 28 at the time of her death she had left work in the very early hours of the morning and had parked her car in a parking lot about a hundred feet from her apartment door She was walking towards her house at 3 a.m. when she was approached by a man who was later identified as Winston Mosley. Mosley had a knife 
and as Kitty was running away, he was able to stab her two times in the back. Kitty had screamed, and Mosley had actually left when a neighbor yelled for him to leave the girl alone. But Mosley returned about 10 minutes later and said, quote, I had a feeling this man would close his window and go back to sleep, and sure enough, he did, unquote. When he returned, he searched for Kitty and found her in a hallway at the back of the building where she had collapsed. He then stabbed her again, raped her, and took $49 from her. He then left her to die. The attack is estimated to have lasted a half an hour, and she was stabbed about 14 times. A witness did call police for help after the attack was over, but Kitty died on the way to the hospital. So, okay, so it's rumored that 38 people heard Kitty's cries for help, but many didn't want to be involved and so did nothing. The number of witnesses has been confirmed, but it is reported that in actuality, about 12 people were witnesses in some form to the attack. A quote from Insider Edition on this case says, quote, but researchers who studied the case said the fact remained that being part of a crowd seems to alter a person's sense of personal responsibility, unquote. Um, and so when I heard that, I remembered that when I was getting first aid and CPR certified, part of when you are about to like specifically start chest compressions, um, you are supposed to part of making sure the area is like safe to do chest compressions is also identifying legitly with eye contact and pointing at that person and telling them you call 911 because if you yell into the crowd, somebody call 911, it is likely nobody will call because they think somebody else will do it. Yeah. So like it is we, when we would do CPR certification, um, that was part of the, the testing when you had to role play it out, you, you wouldn't pass if you didn't hit all certain steps. And that was one of the steps that if you did not make eye contact with the person and tell them specifically to call 911, you had to retest. Hmm. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes sense. I think, um, we had a, I had a class, a communications class that was like, kind of talked about, it went a little deeper into that, but like if someone's getting robbed, like on the street or someone's being attacked or whatever, a lot of times people will just be like, Oh, I didn't see that. Like, or someone else will take care of it. If I just kind of turn my shoulder to the event that's happening and it's quite sad. Um, but yeah. Same, um, same thing with the nine one one stuff. Yeah. And so basically it was saying like the more people that are involved, the, the less likely someone is to step in. Um, and so through the further research, um, it was that this case also brought more awareness into what's called the bystander effect. So the bystander effect is essentially when there are several people are witnessing an emergency, people are less likely to help. The more witnesses, the less likely someone will step in. Research has been done on the bystander effect to try and understand why it happened and create interventions. Britannica.com had a lot of good um, information on, on more of that. I, it wasn't like super pertinent to 911 calls, so I didn't go into great depth about the interventions for it. But Britannica.com had like, here are some interventions for it. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that, so that, that, yeah, I didn't know the, the term of it or I should have, but the bystander effect. Yeah, yeah. That's what we kind of discussed in our class. So, yeah. Yep. Um, so this, the idea of a single way for anyone to get help is publicly recognized as having come from the national association of fire chiefs in 1957 in 1967, president Lyndon Johnson's commission on law enforcement and administration of justice recommended having a single way to get help as well. In November of 1967, the Federal Communications Commission teamed up with the 
American Telephone and Telegraph Company, otherwise known as AT&T, another fun nugget, I didn't know that, um, to discuss having a universal emergency number. In 1968, AT&T announced 911 as the emergency code in the United States. The Public Safety Act of 1999 is when it was officially established that 911 would be the nation's emergency number. So really, 911 is not that old. When was it? When did you say what year? Uh, 911 was officially the nation's emergency number in 1999. Okay. Really? Mm-hmm. So, geez, I just remember... Well, I guess it, when did it start going into effect? It wasn't... It was officially in 1999, but like... It started what day, what year? Like the idea of it? Yeah, or they kind of started implementing it because I, I feel like as like a, I don't know, an eight-year-old kid, I was told not to mess around and hit 911. So they've been playing with it since about 1967. Okay. Um, But it wasn't widespread like nationally for a hot minute. Yeah. While they worked out the kinks of how to get it to work in every area. Got it. Okay. Which I'll... Talk a little bit more about here in a second. Okay. Um, So the number was chosen because it was brief, easy to remember, and can be dialed quickly and has never been used as an area code or service code. So I'm assuming that's why it wasn't something like 111 because it was probably already taken or something. Mm. Um, On February 16th, 1968, the first 911 call was made by Senator Rankin Fite in Haleyville, Alabama. He was not calling for an emergency. It was just like a a test to make sure it worked in his area and like a big hmm. to do type of thing. Kind of yeah. like cutting the, the red ribbon. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's call us out and see what it does. Yeah, and pretty much how it goes. And mm-hmm. so, however, it would take several years for the entire country to utilize nine one one in 1976, eight years since the number was first established, only about 17% of the U S was using the emergency number. And there were several different reasons for that. Only 7%? 17. Oh, 17. Yeah. Hmm. Um, And then 11 years later in 1987, about 50% of the U.S. had access to 911 services. And today, about 96% of the U.S. has some type of 911 service. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. So there are actually different kinds. I mean, I mean... It's interesting to me because like you and I were born right in the era of that becoming a really prominent thing, but it was not quite there, like you said, until 1999, which is why I was like a little awestruck. I was like, really? Because like, again, like I remember being like five, six, seven years old and being like, don't mess on the phone. Don't, don't be calling 911 unless it's an emergency. And that being like a huge stressor, um, thing taught when when i was growing up now you look at like uh kids today they don't know life without it yeah yeah for sure (laughs) and it's i don't know it's just interesting to me sometimes to look at that or think about how people have things that they don't know and they just take for granted yeah like this history 911 yeah i thought it was much older yeah i don't know why i thought that but i did (laughs) yeah i did too so um, there's actually different kinds of 911. This actually got kind of confusing for me. So I mentioned two. I th- it seemed like there was a third type, but again, because I was like going down a weird rabbit hole of like, I don't understand this terminology. 
I was just like, I'll just keep it to the ones that I think I understand. Yeah. So um, the other type of 911 is called enhanced 911. Um, sometimes it's shortened to just E911. Um, this one has come about with growing technology. So if E911 is able to be utilized, the call is automatically routed to the closest 911 point off the caller's location, and it will display the caller's phone number and address. Oh, wow. So um, here's the little tiny trick with this one, though. Um, it will give the location of a fixed location. So back when phones, you had house phones, not cell phones, yeah. it would give that location of your house. So okay. there is a way to do it now with cell phones. And this is where I got confused because technology and, and I just don't speak the language. Mm -hmm. you, you can get like an approximate location of you now with your cell phone. However, um, the E911 is going to give you kind of a, a fixed location um, if you're using like a landline. Okay. Um, once cell phones were gaining popularity, you could not rely on the location for the E911. Again, because you're not in a fixed location. In 1996, improvements to E911 were proposed so that cell phone locations could be found. So this does not mean you, if you call 911 and you don't give an address, they can find exactly where you are. That's why they still ask you for your address. Um, they can only get the general area you are. And this is based off of which tower the cell phone call came in from. And it will give an estimate of your GPS location. So they still cannot, with a cell phone, go, they are right here at these coordinates. But yeah. they can go, well, it pinged off of this cell phone tower so they're in this area yeah which is how they actually find where like people who have been kidnapped and stuff find where they are they can trust trace like their phone pinged off of this tower then this tower then this tower hmm. um so i thought along with that that i would give a little help to 911 and people call 911 a lot like a lot. Yeah. I don't have the exact numbers, but it was a lot. Um, and sometimes people call for the wrong reasons. And that's a problem because it bogs down the, then people who do need help. So if they're at the operators talking to you because you want to talk about how your cat puked up a hairball. Yeah. Somebody who's calling in, who's actually needing help mm -hmm. has to wait till you're done talking about your hairball. So, um, they just have on their website, 911 has um, on their website some reasons to not call 911. So, for instance, for information, like what's the weather today, girl? Um, for a directory assistance, when you're bored, paying traffic tickets for your pet or as a prank. Mm. Um, they do say to call 911 for actual emergency situations. But, Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but they do say if you're not sure if it qualifies in an emergency situation, go ahead and call them. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, with their, if your dog's having a problem, they, there's not a lot they can do other than maybe go, hey, call this number. But again, better safe than sorry. Um, another thing is if you call 911 on accident, don't hang up. We've all done it on accident. The yeah. kids at work try to call it all the time on my phone. Really? And, oh, yeah. Really? Because, like, they don't necessarily know the number, but, like, on the the lock screen, there's a button that says emergency. Yeah. So when the numbers aren't working, they'll try to push that button. So That's I have to, bright like, and red. I have to yeah. dive for my phone. Um. So, anyways, if you accidentally call, don't hang up. Because if you hang up, they are required to call you right back to make sure everything's hunky-dory. Yeah. So it's, it's easier to just stay on the line and be like, hey, girl that's my bad. I didn't mean to call you. And they might still send out an officer just to be sure, but like, yeah, they're going to call you back anyways. 
Um, and then the very last thing that I didn't know was a thing. Some places, and it's very limited right now, you can actually text 911. What? Mm-hmm. It, again, it's very limited. They'd rather you call in those areas that do have it. They'd rather you call. Mm-hmm. But they also know that sometimes you're not in a situation where you can call. So you can text it. We're not one of those areas. I can't remember where it is, but we are not it. Hmm. Darn it. But I thought that was cool. So like eventually I think lots of places will be able to send them voice messages, mm-hmm. be able to text and everything. Yeah. Wow. Can I send them an emoji? I mean, you could, but oh, what shit. would it be? Just like crying face? No, all oh, shit. Crying face. Like a, like knife. a fire emoji. Cause there's a fire knife, fire, a knife because there's a knife. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just teasing around. Just an ambulance. I to be like, know. I need an ambulance. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't use my words. Like, I don't. You could, like that's the thing, though. You, you could call them, but like, be having a stroke and can't say a thing. Well, I would think too, if you're having a stroke, it'd be really hard to text. But I've never had a stroke, so I don't know. I don't know. I've never had a stroke either, but yeah. it would also be really hard to talk. Yeah. So. But anyways, that's the history. But of usually, those people have like a. But I mean, it could be your first stroke. But anyway, some a lot of those people have have those like emergency push buttons. Oh yeah, like the ones that like help us fall and I can't get up and yeah. you push this. Yeah. 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 Boom. Yeah. Is this it? That's it. Oh, this is the episode. Now you know about 911. Boom. I just thought it would be interesting since we talk about some of these things in the actual episodes. Yeah. And they get a little background info. And actually, it was fun to research and yeah. hear about party lines from my mom. That's cool. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, um, this is Rocky Mountain Cold Cases. Please like, subscribe, rate us on Apple iTunes. Um, not iTunes. It's podcast. You say iTunes every time. It's I kind do. Of fun. I do say iTunes every time. It's uh, showing my age. I don't know, but um, anyway, uh, give us a like, follow, share it, whatever's. And thanks, guys. Catch you on the next one. Oh, and email us if you have ideas for other episodes at RockyMountainColdCases at gmail.com. Yeah, she's um, especially if you have something for Colorado. Yeah, I'm having a hard time with Colorado. <laughs> Anyways, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening.